The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. to the Nick and Nolan show a Buffalo rumblings podcast with your host Nick Bat. the prime minister of Sweden visited Washington today and my tiny little nipples went to France and Bruce Nolan yo brethren what up with thee Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this edition of the Nick and Nolan Show, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Nick Bat. You can find me on Twitter at N-I-C-K-B-A-T. Along with me, as always, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. And we have got a very special guest with us, Mr. Aaron Quinn from Cover One. Aaron, how are you this morning? I'm living the dream. I'm going <laughs> to eat a ton of food. You guys have to drive That's today, true. and I, don't, I get to just go back to my comfort of my own home and my own front. That is true. Where can the people find you on Twitter, Aaron? At Aaron Quinn. 716 uh, engaging as much as I can. Awesome. So we are at Greek to Me in Tonawanda. Mm-hmm. And we are going to get the closest thing that we know Buffalo has to offer to a garbage plate. That's and if there's, if there's a competitor out there that people know about that we don't, please DM us because we will be here again and we perhaps will put us through this torture one more time. <laughs> You're already signing up for a sequel. Potential. Yeah, we are. I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd give it a few hours before you, <laughs> yes, you yes, commit to it on record. Right, right, right. Well, I, luckily this isn't going to drop immediately. So this is not live. We are not live. Um, so you said, Aaron, that your wife actually works in Rochester frequently and yeah. has had a garbage plate? She has, yeah. So they go out to lunch all the time. She works with a bunch of dudes, so they brought her to the place, one of the places where it has a real garbage plate. So I told her that's what we were up to today. And uh, I asked her her advice, and she told me not to. She said, don't do it. It'll ruin the rest of your day. Yeah. I'm not scared of getting my day ruined by food, though. No, no. If it has to be ruined by something... Let's have it be ruined with joy on the front end. I'm going to beat this to joke to death, but it is the Lord's Day. And we are going to, we are going to make an offering at the foot of the garbage plate gods. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you're, you're driving with a god today. So. There we go. There we go. You guys went to Ted's the other day, right? We did go to Ted's with uh, Marcel Louis Jean. Yeah, that was pretty cool. How'd you like it? I love Ted's. I've been to Ted's you know, multiple times. Yeah. I, the only thing that I had this weekend that I had not had previously was is going to be this. I hadn't been to Barville for wings. But I had had wings at many of the other establishments, and they were fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was they were the best wings I've ever had for sure. But I hadn't had a, uh, I hadn't had a stinger from Jim's, but I had a stinger for it. 
I haven't had a stinger either. And Jim's oh. literally around the corner from my house. Dude, this it was legit. Yes. Yes, I'm ready. Yeah. Can I do a uh, hangover plate, two dogs? Do you want to add any cheese? Yeah, add cheese. American, Swiss, purple, cheddar, butter. Cheddar. Okay, French fries, tater tots, home fries. I'm going to do tater tots. And potato salad, macaroni, or coleslaw. Macaroni salad. Right. Texas sauce, mustard, onion on top. Yes, please. As God intended. Yeah, I'll do exactly <laughs> what he did. I'm going to do the steak hangover plate. Um, add cheese cheddar. What a way to treat a filet mignon. Um, <laughs> um, let's do home fries and no mustard. Macaroni. Thank you so much. So, before we go back to Ted's, do you guys watch Comedians in Cars getting coffee at all? Oh, yeah, I've seen, yes. I've seen several. I'm not totally up to date, but I've seen dozens. So, before the episode, Jerry will explain the car and why it reminds him of whoever it is that he's picking up. Right. I really find it great that you guys picked a garbage plate for me. For all my hot, <laughs> my hot takes. Truth, truth be told. So, truth be told, we did offer the garbage plate to Tim Graham, and... Tim Graham said, I've never really felt the desire to do that. I've never felt the need to do that. Because we were like, well, hey, it'd be something we could experience it together. And he was like, ah, Pat, I mean, no. He's smarter than <laughs> There's <we> lots <laughs> of things I would like to experience yeah. in life, he said. That has never been a priority for me. Really? Yeah, the that, fact that he wants to experience so many things, yeah, he's, and that's not one of them. But the comment that I made back to him when he was like, yeah, I never really wanted to do a garbage plate. I have no, still have no desire to do a garbage plate. He talks about doing drugs and stuff. He's like, I have no desire to do a garbage plate. We were like, well, it's probably a test to your good mental health. I'll do some peyote, <laughs> but I won't touch it. Yeah, right. Plate, yeah. No, I love it. Tim's probably top three all time. Not even just builds, just sports, writers, personalities. It's, I mean, I put him on the same level as a guy like Bob Lee. Yeah. I mean, Bob Lee's top of mind because he just retired from me. But guys who I think bring that kind of perspective and just reliably high quality content, it's, we're, I mean, you could tell how crazy. people in the industry feel about him and then like players and past players because the, the content that he gets, like, you have to have solid relationships with people to get the stories and allow him to tell certain things that he's been able to tell. Yeah. No one else gets those. It's amazing. Yeah. So, um, Aaron, you, you have not lived here forever, right? You've said this many times. Yeah. Uh, tell our listeners a little bit about what your experience being in Western New York is. How long have you been here now? Uh, since 2012. We moved up here, had an apartment in Williamsville, loved it. Um, it was only supposed to be a three-year stay here because of my wife's job. It was supposed to be three years, and then you're off to the next spot. Uh, policy changed, and lucky for us, we can stay here as long as we want. Um, and we love it. We live in Tonawanda now, and it really feels like home. Our two kids were both born here, so we have some roots starting to settle here. And we were just talking the other night about retirement and stuff and like where we want to be. And we, we want to retire, you know, the winters somewhere else. But I think this is, we're going to try to make this home because the people are super nice. Our neighbors feel like family. We don't have a lot of family here, but the community itself is. Uh, and every time that we leave and come back, it has that feeling that you're coming back to home, uh, which I don't think you get everywhere else when you move. I've moved around some different spots. It takes a while to create that feeling like this is my home. Yeah. I'm interested because we spoke off air before yeah. we got everything set up that you have uh, worked on multiple different popular Buffalo Bills podcasts. Yeah. And I don't, we're not going to throw any shade to anybody, but now you're with Cover One. Yeah have been with Cover One for some time. 
you tell us a little bit about what's special with what you guys got going on over there from your experiences being elsewhere as well? Yeah, so it's something I've always wanted to be involved in, so I, I did latch on to other entities throughout the years, and uh, I actually hit up Eric two or three times before he was finally like, whatever, dude, yeah, come work for me. But I was hitting him up for a long time, I was like, I just, he was doing something different than everybody else has been doing uh, for a long time, and I think that our generation of fans is not, again, not to call anyone out, they're not looking for like the quick clickbaits based off one tweet. Uh, they want in-depth to learn about the game of football, right? Like, we want to learn more, I think. And it's not just football, it's everything uh, this generation of fans consumes. We want to know as much as we can about it, and I think that's what Cover One did for me as a fan. And so I saw that as a, I think that's the trend going forward of quality content over a ton of quantity content and just getting clicks. I think fans want to be able to dive in deep. So I saw that as a trend that's going the right way, and he's a guy that's doing it the right way. So I hit him up a bunch of times. I was like, what can I do? I, I'm not a writer. I can't do that. He wasn't really doing much of a podcast at the time. Um, and I'm not a film analyst guy anyway, so I didn't think I could help him there. So I started doing graphics for him and, and helping out there. And then the opportunity came up to do the Locked On Bills podcast uh, when he was running it. And then we transitioned over to doing it ourselves. And I don't know how I tricked him, but he's allowed me to continue <laughs> to run that this long. And then we brought Greg on and never met the guy in my life and just instantly had a good connection and chemistry and it's just been great. I want to talk to you about you and Greg. Yeah. You guys do a, a show weekly yeah. and you live. All the time. So tell me about you and Greg live and what that's like. It's So doing live is super hard. Right? I would imagine you guys have to have a ton of trust. Uh, there's some trust. You don't want to put the other person in a bad light when they don't have any ability to like think through it. Yeah. And I think a lot of pods um, will have a structure to their podcast going into it and we don't we like get on meet each other and we're like all right we're talking about dbs today you leave and then it's just hoping that it goes well and i think there is some trust there uh one of the hardest things i've developed live is not talking over each other right especially when you're not in the same location like here we're on the same location i can take your cues that you want to say something live that's hard because we also have a chat going and we're trying to interact with the people in the chat and see each other i couldn't do that there's a lot think. going on you do miss stuff, though, when you get out of the pod. There's things that maybe you said a guy's name wrong, and you can't go back and take it back, and people kill you on YouTube for it. you got to have a little bit of thick skin with that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, there, there's a lot of trust involved. and But it's worked so far. There's guys that it doesn't work with, and that's unfortunate, and you just don't bring them back on all that much. But Greg and I have, have really worked well together. Nate Geary's another one. Uh, Nate's not on as often. He comes on more often during the season. He's professional, though, so it's yeah. easy to work with do, a, a guy that's a pro. Do you and him ever do uh, in the same place? Because you're both in Buffalo. We don't, no. Um, I'm super like a homebody guy. I don't go out all the time. Uh, but no, we've never gone to do it in the same place. We don't have the cool setup you guys do either. We just have, I just have a USB plug-in mic in my computer, so I don't know how to make all that split. I've talked to Rockpile because they do a lot of stuff like that. Um, but we want to start doing that, but I know he's done it with Rockpile down over there and yeah. stuff. But no, Nate and I have never gotten together. It's coming up soon, though. Cover yeah. One's having a get-together. Yeah. 27th, right? What's that? 27? 27, yeah. Is there going to be audio coming out of that? I don't think so. I think it's just kind of, we're going to be hanging out. We might be too drunk, though. <laughs> That's fair. Just put audio That's out fair. there on the record. <laughs> yeah. Well, just in case you were wondering, even when you have things live, you still get skewered. And still get when you make a mistake. When you're not live. When you're not live, yeah. Yeah, even when you're not live. Um, famously, in one of our pre-draft episodes, I called Jerry Tillery Jeffrey Tillery 
like five times. And after we got done, he edited it. Didn't know, right? I don't know, I don't know the guy. I, I knew and, the name and, Tiller. Yeah. And I listened to it back, and I was like, oh, no. Maybe it was just, it's okay. Maybe it was just a slip-up. Then it comes again. Okay, it wasn't a slip-up. It comes the third time. I'm like, oh, I know his name. I know his uh, number, his height, and his weight, and I got his name wrong. That was a that was a less than stellar moment for me. It doesn't matter though, honestly, because if I'm listening to that, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I know that people with draft. It's hard to know every guy, and you get guys mixed up. It's not that you didn't know. And you're in the middle of a podcast. There's a lot going on, and you just it happens on the radio. I hear guys on the radio all the time making mistakes. And we were talking about Jeffrey Simmons like five seconds earlier. Yeah. yeah. I think that it's more of a reflection of the people who jump in and like do the gotcha, you know, and want to like fact check everything you say whenever you're on. You know, I can't imagine how the guys who do four hours a day, five days a week, you know what I mean? Like, like my respect level for them and my appetite to call them out whenever they get something wrong is like nil now because it's just, it's hard. And it's more a reflection of the person who is making the judgment than it is on you getting something something minute incorrect. Yeah. Except when Stephen A. Smith says Dars Al Marius. Yeah. Except for that. That that That's I will, funny, I will those never people. I will <laughs> yeah. never get sick of that. If, if anybody, you're making a meme yeah, you're fair. If I make a mistake that's meme worthy, yeah. have at it. Do you have my you have my explicit permission. Yeah. Do you have a favorite live on air story? Yeah, I do. Uh, the right after, so we do the post game show, and that could be really hard to do anyway because. So the season we had that horrible November. What was it? Two seasons ago, where we got trounced by the Saints. I think the Chargers whipped us up pretty good. The Peterman came in. That run of November of just getting beat up and then having to go online and talk about it with people right after it happened is super hard for me. Because at the end of the day, like, yeah, we are somewhat part of the media, but I'm just a fanboy. I'm a Bills fanboy at the end of right. the day. So it's, I'm emotionally invested. That's hard to do. But the best moment was going on after the playoffs, uh, getting into the playoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm on my couch watching that uh, Bengals-Ravens game. My wife's got some video of me maybe crying. I'm not going to admit <laughs> that I cried, but she says I did. Uh, and then she has a video. How do we not know? <laughs> <laughs> conclusive, right there. No, it's, it's is, it not inc- is it not conclusive <laughs> video evidence? It's a bad angle. You can't just, see if the ball touched the ground or not. Yeah, no. <laughs> is it a catch? Is it a cry? Is it a cry? Is the next thing that the NFL it's has to go to, to review? Tackle. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, and within 15 minutes of all that happening, I had to kind of try to compose myself and go on live. And I went on by myself at the moment, at the time. And uh, I forget who was supposed to go on with me. But they bailed on me last second. They're like, I can't do it. And I was like, well, the people, I still got to go talk to people. And so I'm on there, and there's moments of just like, I'm trying not to cry on air. And just, you know, it wasn't even so much a show as it was just open conversation with the people in the chat of just how awesome is this. And so that probably stands out to me the most. And that got a ton of views. My wife went to work the next week, and she's like, I saw your husband online crying uh, about the bills on YouTube. What's that about? And uh, so it was a fun, fun moment for me. Yeah. I hope that we get, I get to live something like that. I don't think I ever spoke to you, Bruce, about where you were when the drought was broken. Maybe we probably have, but I don't remember. I was in my living room, uh, and I was standing pacing, and my wife was with me, and we had flipped over to the game after the Miami Dolphins game, and we were just glued. We were absolutely glued. And when that touchdown happened from Andy Dalton to Tyler Boyd, we grabbed each other, and you know in the movies you see that jump hug, that strange jump hug where you're hugging each other but you're jumping up and down simultaneously? 
I didn't think people actually did that in real life until that moment. Yeah. And we were just screaming and shouting, and we just kept saying, the Bills are in the playoffs, the Bills are in the playoffs, the Bills are in the playoffs. And then immediately after that, my heart started sinking, and I was like, wait, no, the Ravens still have time. <laughs> yeah, really. And then we stopped, and we sat down, and we just glued to the television. And then once it finally happened, we had already released the joy. Yeah. Now it was the relief. Yeah, right, so right. I had two separate moments, yeah. one of pure unadulterated joy, the other of relief right. of it's this real. chills <laughs> and the real. And I just kept walking around the living room going, the Bills are in the playoffs. I can't believe the Bills are in the playoffs. And it was it was a special moment. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> I was at a I, I that that makes so much sense to me, like how you went through the stages, because for me, when it was fourth and twelve, right? Whenever he threw the touchdown pass, I was already like, "Okay, it's done." Like, there's no way, right? This is and, us. Again, yeah. this is yeah, yeah. Th it, this is us exactly. Like, do the Bills ever have a fourth and twelve go their way? No, not really. So then we then we get it, and I'm losing my shit. And I'm at a I'm at a very small New Year's Eve get together party. No one else there is a Bills fan. My wife is tangentially a Bills fan. She she's a Bills fan for my mental health. Same. <laughs> and. Uh, I I very, very quickly drank a lot <laughs> after the thing and called my dad and was in a recliner that I wasn't that familiar with and I leaned back talking to my father in Texas because he's a Bills fan. He's the one who introduced me to the Bills. And the recliner actually tipped backwards and I just stayed there. <laughs> I didn't even get up. Even just talking to my this father. This is my life now. Yeah, this is... <laughs> who cares? We're in the playoffs. Yeah. This is what I have to do to be in the playoffs. We'll do it. But it's so funny because I imagine I went through the same things that you described. But can you, if I, for me, thinking like, okay, wait, 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 I can't, I can't celebrate yet because the Ravens have time. Can you imagine if just change the teams? And of course, it's not possible to do this. But if it was the Titans who had the opportunity to come back and screw us, how much more anxious I would have been just because of the history and the ownership of the Music City Miracle. I don't know if anybody else would have felt that way, but I just would have been like, why this team? I just I hate you for putting that in your mind. In my head. Yeah, <laughs> you did. You did get. You, you did get pretty stoic there for a second. Your face you went pretty that straight, to me, man. You, I mean, it's I over. Had, I had never considered that painful no. possibility until you just now said it. Yeah, but why you got to do me like that? Wouldn't it? I mean, really, if that was the situation we were in, wouldn't it have been even more heightened? Yeah, it raises. It would. It yeah, would have raised guess, the stakes yeah. for me. But yeah. It would have been worse with the time left if it was the Pats because they have done it so many times. Mm -hmm. Where like this Titans team, yeah, they did it to us a while back, and I, that this is a history, that, yeah, that scar that's still deep embedded into my brain. Um, but the Pats maybe haven't done it to us as many times in a heartbreaking fashion. But you would have just believed that they were going to do it. You could give Tom Brady 28 seconds left on the clock and no timeouts, and I'm not comfortable. Uh, mm -hmm. So that would have been a whole another ball game where I felt how you felt, but knowing that Joe Flacco yeah. uh, was the guy, I that gave like a curve little, a little bit, a little blanky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay. It's a little chilly in here, but yeah. I've got this nice Joe yeah. Flacco blanket that I think is going to keep me warm. Yeah. <laughs> I am definitely not Flacco for Flacco at yeah. this point. Yeah. So I think that would have changed the dynamic of this whole Bills-Titans offseason poll, I think. I think I would have been a little bit even more bitter about that if they had been oh the ones who had done that to us. I don't know. What do you get us? They're covered in candy. I don't know. <laughs> I just say, give me all the... Trick-or-treat donuts? Yeah, that's right. You guys are welcome for the diabetes. But no, thank you. <laughs> we are sitting here next 
into a box of Paula's donuts. Yeah, Aunt, Aunt Aaron was, that was incredibly, incredibly by generous. Aaron Quinn unexpectedly, and this little piece of tape is not sufficient <laughs> to hold me out of what is coming. Yeah, yeah we have a garbage play coming. I will say too that the toll of the weekend is now this morning, late last night and this morning. I'm feeling, I'm feeling the damage yeah. of what we've done. Well, you you elected the hot wings. You got hot wings at Barbell, and this is a. This, I said this on Twitter, and this is a real bone to pick for me. Are you a spicy food guy? Love it. Love Super spicy hot. food. How many times have you gone to name your restaurant? Mexican food, Italian food, uh, Thai wings, and they they say hot, or yeah. there's three chili peppers next to it, or it says hot in parentheses or spicy or whatever, and you order it, and it's nothing, not at all. So I go to Barbell. And I've had the hot wings the toughs, and I didn't really think much of them at all. So I go to Barbell, and I say, I'll get hot. He goes, hot's really hot. And I'm like, I don't know if I believe, I don't know you. Yeah. Like, you don't know me, I don't know. you just know. more sauce yeah, on like, I don't or... know what this. I don't know what this means. Yeah. They were motherfucking serious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that was, they were terrific. Uh, and it was, it was incredible. They were delicious. It wasn't even like the hot that like there's no flavor. It was like the flavor is there, everything is right, but the heat level and the sting is just like turned way up. You might have made a huge miscalculation in your timing of eating wings last night and then a garbage plate. Well, the wings this have, morning, that's going to be a tough ride. Let me just tell you that the, I can, for anybody who's concerned about me, the wings have already done at least some damage. Okay. <laughs> there may be additional damage coming, yeah. but there is a portion of it that's already that's already done its, done did, its work. Did you guys ever watch, uh, I think it was last year or maybe two years ago, Drew from the Rock Pile had the Carolina Reaper Challenge at a local restaurant. Oh, I know, I didn't. And they oh, did it live. He talked about he it. He talked about it. They did it live. And then the next day, his wife recorded him the sounds that he was making. He has that tape somewhere. Go ask him the sounds he's making in the middle of the night. They almost rushed him to the emergency room. He was like in cold sweats. He was like, oh my God, you've got to get your hands on that video. I'm sorry, Drew, if you're trying to conceal that, but the thing about one of the funniest things I've seen. The thing about Drew, too, is that Drew, he's got such a unique voice. That if you take that voice and you put it in peril, <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. It's such like a large personality and being. Like yeah. when I met Drew, he's just over the top, loud, uh, funny uh, guy, and then just to see him curled up in the fetal position, uh, almost paralyzed from the heat, is amazing. It was the best thing I've seen online. You know what's one of the cool things about being a podcaster, and I'm wondering if this is your experience too, is that specifically in the Bills community. There is, I consider so many of the guys that we talk to and work with that do other shows with other networks and other places, peers. Yeah. And the, it's, it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's necessarily indicative of just like the, it goes on with like the city of good neighbors and the Buffalo mentality and all that, but I mean, we have like legitimate casual or good friendships with people probably would have never otherwise crossed paths with. Yeah. You know, just by doing similar work and wanting to talk about the bills and the same with even listeners and people on Twitter who interact with us on the regular, you know. Yeah. That's a that's a cool thing about this whole gig that I was not necessarily expecting. It's uh so being somebody that's not from the area, Twitter and that community has always been like that and that was always a draw for me because growing up in Patriots country, I didn't know. I knew maybe two or three Bills fans. So we had a Packers bar and it would be like four People that that's I mean. a sad, it's, it's not a backers bar, right? It's just four of us meeting up. It's at a backers club. Yeah, barely. Good, good. You got a hot dog hang over here? That's me. 
Alright. love the cursory piece of fruit. Yeah. <laughs> like this is gonna say this is gonna turn me around. We're gonna make this healthy. I don't think uh, I got hot sauce. We're I don't good. think you could put anything else on here. Yeah, can I uh can I use your phone to take a photo of this? Yeah, absolutely. I got it. Because oh, um, I want to take a picture of the cursory piece of fruit here so the, the, the listeners at home can see this. That is not going to do. That, this tiny little piece of uh, cantaloupe or, or honeydew melon is not going to turn around what I am about to do to myself. I don't know, though. It makes me feel like I'm getting some balance. <laughs> some balance. The scale's not totally... I love the piece of Italian bread, too. Like, I'm going to turn this into a sandwich of some kind. <laughs> it's just there to sop up the grease at this yeah, point. I guess. Honestly. Uh, yeah, no, so it's always been cool. And then I think the way I look at it, because people ask me about that all the time, the way I've always looked at it is... Uh, we're not competing with each other, right? Like, there, we can't at Cover One. We can't make enough content to do what WGR does. And I believe, as much as I like a lot of the guys at WGR, I believe there needs to be competition and alternative for people to have something to listen to. And that can't happen unless there's a lot of people because we all have jobs, we all have lives. We don't get paid enough to do four-hour shows a day uh, and fill whatever it is, 12, 16 hours of content a day that WGR can fill. And when you're competing with that, you're going to need 12, 15 shows doing an hour, one time a week to even get close to giving listeners what they want. And I'm a Bills fan. You guys are Bills fans. We consume the media. There's more than enough room for quality content. And so I think that that creates a, a culture within the podcast group that says, hey, we're not competing with you guys, right? We want everybody. The only time I get mad is when people are putting out not quality content. If you're putting out quality content, I'm going to support you. I'm going to become your friend. I want to talk to you. I want to learn what you're doing so that I can put my podcast and also bring you on as guests like you guys are doing, you know, and, and, and give more content to people and get more reach. So I, I think it's a great community. So the nice thing about what we're doing right now is that this is not your Bruce. You are not the only person who is evaluating this. Mm -hmm. This is all of our first garbage play. Yes. Yeah. So you wanted to, Bruce, why don't you do an effort? Try to describe what's in front of you right now. So. <laughs> what I have here is almost entirely unevaluatable because <laughs> it is almost entirely covered with chili sauce. Is which, that what it is? Yeah, it's it, it, it's a called Texas sauce. It's almost like a a Texas chili, almost like a skyline chili. That's over top of everything else, and some onions. But underneath it, I have a mound of home fries and chopped steak. We've got tater tots and hot dogs, right? Yeah. That's what Aaron and I have. I think you did a disservice to steak everywhere by hey. hiding it under all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But it also shows that you're more of a gentleman than the two of us. Well, I can appreciate steak in multiple forms. Yeah. I can appreciate steak in my, you know, just a steak. I can appreciate a cheese steak. I can, you know, it's just, it's just a, another method of delivering he similar loves, meat. He loves the cow in every way, shape, and form. Absolutely. Oh, oh yeah, you're thing. a barbecue guy, aren't you? I am. And this morning on my Facebook memories or whatever, 10 years ago or something, I had a bunch of pictures from barbecue competition I was at. And I missed that so much. Just the gluttonous amount of food getting passed around. And that's actually a similar community to the podcast community, right? You're in the middle of competing with a bunch of each other, but everybody's like, here, try this. Try, try this, try this. Yeah, right. Oh, what do you do? What do you do? 
and it, I miss that so much. Um, but I mostly miss the beef. Yeah, he's eating beef all the time. Uh, the person, the person giving me the beef, take him or leave him. The beef, yes, please. Keep it. So you can only have one beef or pork. No, I, I, like, I like beef. I don't know about that. I like beef. However, I'll level with you. There is something special about a good pulled pork that oh, just yeah. is, is, is a unique. I don't know, man. But you're it's, putting it's, me back in me in the law and saying it's a, one. It's a tough call. If you're picking one type of cut, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What is it going to be? One cut from the mm -hmm. primals of, of from, beef? From beef or pork, yeah. Beef what do you or like? one cut. Ribeye. Taking a ribeye every day. Salt, you... pepper, grilled up. Yeah. I love brisket, too. Brisket would be hard to... That's my thing with a cow. Versus pork, yeah, you get bacon. Bacon's fantastic. Uh, you can make a lot of your salamis and stuff like that. But I feel like cows a lot more versatile. The amount of cuts in a cow, the way you can cook the different cuts. Yeah. I don't know, it's hard, hard to pass up. All right, so first of all, the biggest thing I'm getting out of this chili sauce here, so my individual component parts, right? So I've got cheddar cheese, I'm fine with that. I've got cheddar cheese on top of tater tots, I'm fine with that. I've got chopped up hot dogs mixed in there. I'm fine with all that. All of this I can abide by. The chili sauce and the mustard, I can also pretty much abide by. It's kind of like a bunless hot dog with your fries mixed in. The chili sauce is all about what, you, what I think makes or breaks it for you. And for me, the chili sauce, you've got cumin and clove. You've definitely got cumin and clove in there. And it just depends on whether or not you like that speed in your in your chili, in your coney. You know what I mean? In your coney sauce. If you like that skyline hybrid, because there's no cinnamon, I don't think. And that's a big, that's a big hallmark of the skyline chili. If you like that, then this is, this is, this is baller. I think I'm good. This is baller. But, I think that's my that's my take on. What do you what, give me? Give, come on, give us some give us some wisdom here, Aaron. Um, if I was wicked hungover <laughs> coming to meet you guys, this would be the kind of thing I would consume to just get it out of my system. I like it though. I like cheap Midwest. Oh yeah. Throw food on a plate and see what happens. Just as much as I love hipster, well decorated. You know, talking about connoisseurs of food. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, if you don't mind. Diet, thank you. So this is that for me. It's like how much canned and frozen food <laughs> can you throw on a plate, eat up, and satisfy somebody. Um, so kudos to whoever invented this. I don't know how this guy invented it, but I'm sure it was just, what do you have? Throw that crap on a plate and see what happens. It is truly a distant cousin from Skyline Chili. Yeah, a distant cousin. It really is. It's you know? the West Virginia cousin. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a special cousin that you see once once in a while at family reunions, and you go, you know, I think I've had my fill. Yeah, you, on, the, on the car ride home, yeah. you and your spouse are just talking about that guy for like, stuff like 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow, so cousin Rodney. <laughs> so that's a thing, right? Thank you. Yeah, Rodney. So this, this Rodney's is, yeah. This is cousin Rodney, <laughs> Rodney for sure. So apologies to anyone out there named Rodney. Yeah, no offense, to, no offense, man. The we all chose macaroni salad amongst the choices of coleslaw, potato salad, or macaroni salad. What's I'll, I have my take on that. But does anybody else have anything about why one of those, why that, those of those three? Because macaroni salad's better. Yeah, let's just go with that. Carbs. Macaroni salad's always been better, always will be better. Fight me. Yeah, you know, I, I said in the car with uh, Bruce on the way here, I was going to take macaroni salad. Because he's like, well, do you like do you like potato salad? I said, well, 
potato salad is kind of like a situation where I'll, I, I eat it and I go, oh, you don't have macaroni salad? All right, all right, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm a, I always choose macaroni salad. Although my wife still to this day, I get up for a tailgate. They just go crazy with the food. And one time, she loves like, I hate to say it on here, but she loves ranch. Mm. Uh, not with her wings, but she loves ranch. So I made these like bacon ranch. There's nothing wrong with liking ranch with wings. I'm just going to go ahead and say <laughs> that. That episode's coming, everybody. Yeah. Or if it, it's already dropped, you can already go through it. So, uh, so I made her this potato salad with ranch and bacon and all this stuff. She thought, she was, oh, this is unbelievable. She went to make it for a party. She's like, can you give me that recipe that you had, but I don't want to make it for a party. I shared it with her. It was like a $35 potato salad or something after all the ingredients are in it. She's like, why, why would you do that? Why would you try that? Potato salad side dish. The thing about potato salad is that it's supposed to be 30 cents. Exactly. <laughs> to put together. Yeah. Yeah, no, I screwed that up. I should never have shared that. I, oh, I lost the recipe, honey. I don't know. The, the tier of salads. Very clearly for me, pasta salad, macaroni salad, potato salad, massive gap, F tier, ham salad. <laughs> yeah. And egg salad. Egg, it was egg salad. I like egg salad. Egg salad, I, I can, you know, it's in the middle somewhere. Yeah, egg salad, chicken salad, tuna salad. Oh, yeah. No. You know. Those are not, those three are not together. Tuna and chicken. A good chicken? I don't, first of all. Well, those are your sandwich salads. Get your, chicken. You, yes, yes, of course. Tuna egg. egg here's, tuna egg. Here's the problem. Here, I have a strong take on this, okay? Uh, I'm ready. So, chicken salad, a lot of times they put nuts and fruit in it, right? Mm -hmm. Grapes, walnuts. Get your fucking fruit away from my meat, okay? That is a thing that is like with like higher, better cuisine. People are mixing like fruit in with their chicken or with their with whatever, the pork, apples. You have some fruit on your plate right now. Yeah, I haven't touched them. <laughs> it's also cursory and I find it hilarious. So, but... The chicken salad that does not have nuts or fruit in it all day long. Basically a tuna salad, but you sub out the tuna for chicken. I'm in there. You put it's the second you put the grapes in there, you, you've just dropped it down to significantly on the tier maker. I really like grapes in my chicken salad. Mm. Do you? I do. I like the combination. You know, you get, you get your fruit. Chicken out of my salad meat. has a tendency to be very it's not uniform. Super savory. It was uniform. Anyway. It's, you know, it, it, and so when you add fruits and then you add the nuts in there, you get layers of different things. You get the texture from the nuts. You get the sweetness from the fruit. You yeah. get balance to that uniform mayonnaise-based chicken salad. And yeah. I, I think I think it's good. I like it. Just just celery. Celery, maybe some pickle or something like that. That's all the crunch I need. I don't need any of that other texture. I do have a tough time with... It's a fine balance for me when you mix sweet with savory or um, umami flavor. Yeah. When you when you add sweet to that, I don't always hate it. Some people overdo it though. Like if there's a lot of sweet I, in there, that's too much for me. I yeah. want the sweet to be an accent, if anything. Yeah. If I'm gonna have, yeah. So I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah. All right. So let's get some bills talking here. Aaron, I feel like I have a pretty good sense of where you stand on things because you guys put out so much content mm. that I've been listening to pretty much every episode. Um. So tonight, one of the things that's going to drop on the Embedded series yeah. is that they're going to talk a little bit about how they think Ty Inseki can be a starting left tackle, starting right tackle, sorry, starting right tackle. Specifically, it's it's talked about in the episode. Yeah. We drafted Cody Ford. The front office is also on the record saying that Cody Ford, they're going to try him a tackle, yeah. right? For your money... Do you have any take on how this offensive line, even on the outside, the inside's a whole nother ball of wax, too, to consider how the tackle situation is going to shake out? 
I think week one, I feel like you have to have Inseki starting on that line. I would love that. Somewhere. He might be the best lineman we have. Uh, you can make an be. argument. He might more. Be. Morris has got, I think right now, for Which my works. money, Morris is there. But I don't think Inseki's a hard drop-off, right? I think that everybody's got flaws on this line. But my thing, and this is what I've always said on, on our podcast, is I want, going into week one, a veteran group who knows the NFL, knows how to communicate at an NFL level, uh, isn't going to get beat by rookie mistakes early because we have a rookie quarterback. And what we've preached, and Eric has really preached, is it seems like the improvements that Josh Allen made last year when he came back from his injury, a lot of that was eliminating noise, whether that was his stance, how he was dropping back, his reads, uh, what he's communicating to the line. That's one of my favorite things about having Mitch Morris is he's going to be able to take on a lot of that communication right. this year. Right. And you get a guy like Inseki who's used to being on NFL games and communicating with the center. All that communication across the line. I want Vets starting. And there's yeah. nothing against Ford. I think he's got some things to improve on. And if he... If, he becomes a guy that week 9, 10, you just can't keep off the field anymore. That is a huge, awesome problem for the Bills to have, to have a rookie that you feel like you can't keep off the field. But until he proves that, man, I want vets. That, that's my style as well. I would much rather start veteran and then let the rookie, sh- like if the rookie shows up, he we will take over. Yeah, because I talked to, we, uh, we've all talked with Joe Marino, a friend of all of our yep. pods from Lockdown Bills. And a conversation I had briefly with him was that if we want to make a run at anything this year, we have got to start fast, yeah. which means that rookie mistakes and growing pains early on this schedule, with the back half being as difficult as it is, that would be the rate I would go. But I know Bruce has a pretty strong take on what the front office is probably going to try to do. And I don't know if you, that's changed for you at all. But I love what you. I don't know what strong take you're talking about. Well, you, that Cody Ford, the Bills are not going to not... They're not going to kick Cody Ford inside yeah, or keep him off. I, I, they they have not with 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 high picks. Tremaine Edmonds, Tre'Davious White, they have not shown that they're really super patient with them. They throw them in there. I mean, Tre'Davious White was the starting corner walking off the bus. So was Tremaine Edmonds, obviously not corner, but a linebacker. Um, I think they're going to give Cody Ford a chance to to fail. I actually agree with both of you. I actually would prefer Inseki on there. Also, you and I have talked about, Nick, isolating the variable yeah. a lot. And if we can isolate the variable of Josh Allen, the better off we'll be. And one of the ways you do that is by making sure it's vets on the line, like Aaron said. You know, the fact of the matter is that the less things we have to worry about, the more we can focus on the things that we would like to worry about, right. which is Josh Allen, his progression in the second season. If we're worried about that and also... Cody Ford at right tackle not getting used to speed rushers coming off that side and things like that then that just adds another variable into the equation. I don't have to worry about Nsaki. I know if he screws up that it's it's a screw up. It's not a rookie problem that I have to address habitually which it might be if it's Cody Ford making a similar mistake. And on the edge, not that any positions, I don't agree that left tackle is a premium anymore because defensive ends are moving around uh, and things like that. And you got guys like Aaron Donald in the middle. So I, all your positions are premiums along the offensive line. When you have a rookie quarterback who is still going to be making mistakes, still going to have inaccuracy, uh, still going to have the, as soon as that pocket breaks down, going to want to run. I think that 
on the edge, you have to limit the, the bar isolate the variables, limit the mistakes. Uh, and I do think that comes with a vet up front. But I agree with you. There's been a lot of talk about do you kick him inside. I don't know that you, you do that yet and change his position. I think if you're going to kick anyone inside, I hate to say it, I'd kick Deion Dawkins inside. And, and, but I, I also think it's too early in his career to write him off as a potential long-term solution in left tackle because Inseki's not your long-term solution at either tackle position, right? So you're only kicking a can down the road and creating a problem that you have to draft or bring in free agency later. The, the developments along the offensive line, are almost a no-win situation because anywhere you put the five, you feel like you you're, you're okay with it, but you're missing an opportunity. It's yeah. almost I don't want to say embarrassment of riches because that makes it sound like the, the line is way 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 better than it is. But no matter what five you put out, you think to yourself, ah, oh, gosh, we're missing an opportunity. Or like for example, we're missing an opportunity to get a high first high, high second round pick right on, on the line, or we're missing an opportunity to get Ty and Seki on the line, or we're missing an opportunity to see Deion Dawkins develop at left tackle, or no matter what it is, yeah. you feel like there's a missed opportunity. There's no way to check all the boxes. Yeah. You have to assume that you're not going to be able to check one of them and just be okay with that, make peace with that. Any fan who has any opinion on any one individual guy, right, and there's probably fans who like Dawkins, who like Ford, who like Inseki, I'm in the Inseki camp for like, personally enabling myself, somebody's going to be disappointed somewhere. You know, there's a certain segment of fans somehow, some way, who are going to be disappointed because some people's number one, if they had their druthers, their number one choice would be start forward. Some people, it would be start in second. That's me. Some people would say kick Dawkins inside, right? Like, there's people all over the place. Some of us, somehow, some way, are going to be disappointed. I don't know that I will. Only because I don't, I don't have like a favorite along this line. Besides more, that's the alternative right yeah. now. Because just because of the huge step forward they took in that position, that he's going to be my favorite going into it. But we went from such a bad unit to such an average unit at least yeah. on paper <laughs> that I'm so gonna, average. Yeah, average is amazing for us. <laughs> it's a huge step forward for a team that won six games that uh, was in a lot of games. And if you. We, went, we talk about it all the time. Wide receiver, we went to average. All the positions that we were the weakest at were at least, I think, average. Robust average. Yeah. <laughs> and a good, we're, talking, we're having this conversation about linemen, a good offensive lineman, at least the swing guy that can be a backup on another team, is going to get cut yeah. from this team. And I can't remember the last time that happened. Like, good depth players are getting cut from the Bills, and teams are going to be jumping to go get them. I, I mean, yeah, I, the other thing, too, you think about is Adrian Wano. Like, yeah. does he have a puncher's chance at a start? Because I think everybody would talk about the top three guys that we just spoke about. You know, and barring injury, Adrian Waddle's kind of on the outside looking in. Are you going to keep two swing tackles? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Thank you so much. Are you going to keep two swing tackles? You guys threw in the towel. I'm the only one who did it. Y'all, Aaron, you did pretty good. You just didn't hit the bread. Too much carbs with the salad, the bread. I'm just putting that in my body and, you know, chug some coffee and just pray that it's like Drano. I got to run around <laughs> with a three-year-old when I get home, so. Oh, yeah. I can't I gotta sit. I got to sit in the car for three hours, yeah. so I can probably swing that. <laughs> you can probably swing that. I can't swing that. It's going to be tough. Yeah, I can. My body's already like, what in Just fuck? eat the donuts and that'll just absorb the Yeah, It's a nice day. We'll roll the windows down. And do you ever, you ever uh, imagine your body like either Osmosis Jones? You guys remember that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or um, the movie that, the Pixar movie that came out, Inside Out. Is that what it was called? Mm -hmm. With yeah. like people inside your body. I often imagine that my body 
has little autonomous workers on the inside whose job is to keep me going. And sometimes when I eat things and they just see them coming down the conveyor belt, they're just like, what the <laughs> What am I supposed to do with this? All right, boys, we're calling in, the over we're calling in overtime tonight. Mandatory <laughs> overtime tonight because yeah. Nick had hot wings at Barbell. Yeah. I just imagine them flipping one of those industrial like manufacturing switches on the red. The red like, it's happening. It's happening. There's a sign on the wall that says zero days since incident. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they flip it. The, uh, Doggone it, here we go again. That Zero days since it's like Michael Scott can't vote. Oh, it's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's happening. Oh my god, yeah. it's happening. That's I, I truly I think about that all the time. Whenever I eat something like this and I shouldn't, I start feeling like you're good. You're good. Thank you for the donuts, please. The so you guys went to ten. I have to tell you. So I've done some stupid things when it comes to food. I've done ghost pepper challenges. How many ghost pepper wings do we eat? I did an eight-pound burrito once at this dirty little Mexican place in my hometown, like this horrible little spot. I ate the whole thing. Uh, actually couldn't sit up for about four hours. Like, I was leaning back in my car. Eight pounds a lot. We got home in 20 minutes, and I sat in the car for three hours. It was horrible. My girlfriend at the time was just like, you are the biggest idiot I've ever met. I was just, like, breaking out sweats. And like, yeah, so my picture's on the wall. Are you making Drew Greer noises? <laughs> this pain is temporary. That's right. That picture. That picture? Forever. Yeah. And yeah. You, were you putting out some Drew Greer noises? Oh, yeah. And then, uh, so, somebody came up and brought them to Ted's. At Ted's, they had this uh, promotional piece that was like, make your dog awesome. Or whatever it was. And I thought this was a new hot dog that they had. And on the picture, it had the hot dog had chili, macaroni and cheese, onion rings, all the extra sides. But what they were, my wife explained to me later, what they were saying is you can get any of these things on your hot dog. It wasn't a hot dog with all of these things. So I get up to the window, I'm like, I want that one. And the lady's like, what are you talking about? Which one do you want? I was like, no, I want it. I want all of it. All that stuff. Yeah. And she's like, no. You don't want that. They actually <laughs> you don't want When the woman at the front desk says, don't do this, yeah. trust me, you should that's understand a step, her. That's a step beyond the waiter at Barbell going, hot's oh, yeah. really hot. Yeah. That's a step beyond that. They're saying, no, sir. Yeah. No, no, but, no, don't do this. To me, yourself. that says, no. Dude, now that you're saying I don't want it, now it's a challenge. And I want it. So they have to get the manager they or something? They have to get the manager to like ring it in. They're like, how do we ring, ring all these in? It was like a $16 hot dog or something like that at Ted's. They bring it out. It's just piled on. And I, I crush it. I just, I'm having Fork and knife? Yeah. Yeah, I had to pick it up. I wanted to. I tried picking it up, but it was just the chili. So I'm crushing it. I'm having like a pick and shit. Just happy as can be. And after I clear it, finish it, and the two people behind me came up, and like after I was done, they're like, I hate to do this, but that was incredible. And they stripped me in, they're like, I can't believe you finished that. I hate to like, do this. They were like applauding, like, I can't believe you did it. Uh, and my wife is just so embarrassed. Yeah. So like there were patrons, other patrons, yeah. didn't it? And so they saw what you were doing. They witnessed uh, the feat, and my wife was so embarrassed. So that's my gluttonous that's right, that's story. Right. This is Daniel story. I forgot you mentioned on Twitter you wanted to tell us that. Yeah. That is awesome, though. It's one of the few... Uh, you don't look like a guy who's put yourself through these things, though. You, you got the either have a genetic either, metabolic Yeah, you advantage. either have the metabolism or you got the you got the workout. I diet 90% of the time. Okay. I used to not because I worked in a barbecue restaurant for years. I just ate. My, I had one girlfriend that was like, dude, you're going to die at 25. Really, you mean. Um, and this winter, I lost a lot of weight. I had to take a diet. Dude, when you just, as you get older, it's just harder and harder. 
and so I have to I have to diet or I have to buy new clothes all the time because I just keep going up, up, and up. Uh, and I like wearing my old Bills jerseys that are still larges. I don't want to grow out of those. You know what yeah. I mean? So. I did wear my fat shorts. Yeah, you did. That's a this weekend. Like, I, I wore extra fat shorts, and I'll, I'm happy to report that they're still slipping off me a little bit. Yeah, that's awesome. So, I'm, I didn't, Give I haven't it. gained any significant weight this weekend. Yeah. Give it three yeah. hours. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> when, whenever people come up to Buffalo, I always tell them, I'm like, be prepared to gain five pounds, at least, when you come up here. We're going to treat you to the most lard-filled, butter-seasoned food that you could possibly imagine. One thing I've observed here, real quick, because we just talked about this on our podcast last week. It was a question brought in by one of our fans about cargo shorts. We got one of you in cargo shorts, one of you in not cargo shorts. Is that a opposition to cargo shorts from you, or is that? Well, I think it. Well, no, you have a cargo short stick. I don't really have a cargo short stick. I don't have any cargo shorts. I do think that I would feel a little. Yeah. I suppose now I'm thinking about it. I'm not really a. a, a so you do have a thing against. I guess I do. I, I'm not. I, I don't own any. And if I had the opportunity to buy more shorts like these or cargo shorts, I might look at the cargo shorts and go, "God damn, I could really use that utility." No, nope, like I'm not. The versatility gonna, of our offensive line. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to buy the other ones. <laughs> That's probably exactly the mental process the I would go through. That's funny. I, I, I kiss the ring of the godfather of cargo shorts, Del yeah, Reed, Del Reed. Yeah. and I openly defy anyone to tell me why cargo shorts do not may, represent a net increase to your quality of life when you're wearing them because of the utility. And really, that's what this is all about. This is a net increase to my quality of life. Do you know what's not a net decrease? People thinking I look like an idiot. That does not matter to me. Yeah. So given the fact that that doesn't matter to me, and I get the pockets, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. You know what's great is I used to care about that stuff maybe a little bit. Uh, as soon as I got married, all that went out the window because my wife already thinks I look like an idiot. She already thinks I'm an idiot. She knows I'm an idiot. So I don't have anybody actually to care yeah. about additionally thinking I'm an idiot because the person I care about most already knows that I am. The, the marriage 15 that people gain, Yeah. it's very similar to the marriage don't give a fuck yeah. about the cargo shorts. <laughs> yeah. And if anything, I've always said this too, if it comes down to like... Uh, people saying, well, girls don't like that style or whatever. If anything, I have to repel that anyway. I have to look as dumb uh, and unattractive as possible anyway because I don't want that in my life. Well, I'm way ahead of both of you on that one. So just, you know, take a back seat. (laughs) Take a back seat. I know all three of us us are married, but nobody repels the chicks like Bruce does. Why do people tell married guys that go like, well, you look stupid like girls? I'm like, well, good. Tell me all the things girls like. (laughs) That's what I want in my life. I don't want anyone liking that. Yeah. yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and say that that's the reason why I'm doing it. I'm doing it specifically to repel the girls, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not it's not because I'm I'm just a loser. That's certainly not it. Yeah. It's, it's a conscious decision I'm making to try to, to, to make sure my marriage stays strong. And occasionally, you might, get that, you might get that woman who's like an outdoorsy, you know, self-sufficient type who's going to see those cars. She's She's going to see, <laughs> this, guy knows how to, this guy knows how to do it. And then now you've got a whole other problem because that person strikes me as very determined. Well, if you have an, if you have an outdoorsy, self-sufficient type who somehow is uh, initially attracted because of the cargo shorts, she will quickly become unattracted by my litany of other things that a person, woman of that style would not like. Yeah, like my not wanting to be outdoors. Yes, let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> we immediately separated on common ground after shorts. There we go, there we go. All right, Aaron. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for the donuts, yeah. for your generosity of time, for coming out and hanging out with us. It was awesome. You guys had limited time in Buffalo, so I want to make sure that I 
give you as much calories as possible. Well, good well, Lord. I mean, calories per hour. I think, I mean, I shouldn't have better? to put gasoline in my car. It should yeah. be able to just take some Hook of my out. some of my caloric intake yeah. and, and get us home. But uh, it's been awesome hanging out with you, man. Tell us again who we can people can find you on Twitter. At Aaron Quinn seven one six, and uh, probably in your guys' mentions. That's right. That's probably true. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this, and we will be back with you here in the near future. Hope you've enjoyed the food tour, and until next time. Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for sticking with us through this food pod journey. The 2019, I guess, well, the summer of 2019 Buffalo Food Tour. I have a feeling we're going to maybe do this again, Bruce. Are you going to be ready? Um, it might take me another year. If this becomes an <laughs> annual thing, I might just be recovering in 2020 yeah. when we get there. I tell you what, we, we are one hour into our trip, having just left Aaron Quinn at Greek to Me, where we ate the almost famous hangover plates, a copycat of the Rochester garbage plates. And I must say that this weekend's toll is being felt in pretty full effect. Yeah, I, I, I knew it was coming. And I know at one point I will look back at this and laugh, but right now it's not feeling very funny. It's it, The smartest thing that we did was the garbage plate last. Absolutely. There, this would have derailed the entire trip if we had had it prior to any of the other foods. All right, let's do a quick power rankings. So let's go through again. We had, first, we had Stingers from Jim's Steakout with Del Rey. Then we had Leonardi's Pizza with Matt Perino. We had Ted's Hot Dogs with Marcel Louis Jacques. We had Wings at Barbill Tavern with Rockpile Report and Banged Up Bills. And we had Beef on Weck with Tim Graham from Charlie the Butcher. Then this morning we had the Garbage Plate from Greek to Me, the almost famous hangover plate from Greek to Me with Aaron Quinn. Give us your tier maker, Bruce. All right. Power rank these. I'm going to power rank them. We're going to start at the bottom. Imitation garbage plate <laughs> at the bottom. I will very likely never have that again. Yeah. Not just because of the effect it is having on my digestive tract, <laughs> but also because historically taking this hodgepodge thing and, and just covering it in chili, you know, covering it in a chili sauce of some sort. Texas right? sauce. It, it, Texas sauce, as they call it, right? It reminds me too much of Skyline Chili, which is not... Something that I'm particularly, I mean, yeah. fan, fan of. I'm just, you know, it, it's okay. It, it's it's in that family. If you are going to try to relate this sauce, at least that Greek to me used, to Skyline Chili or traditional chili, it is way, way, way closer to Skyline Chili, Coney Sauce, whatever you want to call it, with those aromatic spices that I, quite honestly, I, I um, attribute them most of the time to the holiday season. Agreed. Candles and stuff like that. It's markedly different than the traditional chili. In fact, I would make an argument you probably shouldn't even have it in the chili family. Uh, it's, it's a little bit like having, saying, you know, chili and chicken tortilla soup are in the same family. Yeah, they're both they're both soupy, but that's it's not even close. The spices that are the foundation of the flavor yeah. are markedly different, and yeah. as such, should be different. Yeah. I, I didn't hate it. 
I could potentially have it again. I would probably have it again in a different place to see if anybody uses a flavor profile that's more close to traditional chili. I'd agree. Honestly. Because if I could have everything the same and I could have like a traditional not overpowering cumin and clove flavor profile and they didn't put cinnamon in, which I'm very grateful for, but if they didn't get the cinnamon either, then I would be uh, very interested. But um, I I think that that's probably part of the expectation is that the chili sauce is going to have that flavor. And that really does kind of knock it down for me. But, you know, everything else, of course, we've we've talked about this, the component parts I'm fine with. You had chopped steak, I'm sure you're fine with chopped steak in in certain circumstances. I had hot dogs, I'm fine with hot dogs. Tater tots, you had uh, home fries, cheese, uh, all of these things. Okay, that's fine. Right. We can eat onions. Okay, I can I can do all of that, but yeah, it was it was. You have to be into the sauce, I think. Yeah, and if I agree. Are, if you are into the sauce, a garbage plate will be something that you're all right with. I would never recommend doing what I did, which was eating the whole thing, because there is no way in hell that I am going to be eating anything before like nine o'clock tonight, if I'm even hungry then. Number four. Number four. No, number five. Six. We did six. We did six? So number four. Number five. At the the second to last spot on the list, we have Leonardi's Pizza. Hey, this is a god... Oh, god. Not because I didn't like Leonardi's Pizza. Because Leonardi's Pizza was perfectly reasonable. But pizza for me, the difference between bad pizza and good pizza... I don't think is as significant a swing as the difference between a bad and a good genre of food that occupies the space above these in the power rankings. Well, that's fine. You cannot have pizza as high on your rankings as 99% of humans. We will move on. Okay. But you you thought, compared to pizza in general, it was not bad pizza. It was, it was above average pizza. It was absolutely above average pizza. Okay. It was a good representation of what I believe good pizzas should taste like. All right. Okay. Let's move on. Number four. Next spot, Ted's Hot Dogs. Okay. Ted's Hot Dogs. Great place. Good hot dog. I think the ceiling on hot dogs will always be lower because it's a hot dog. Yeah. The ceiling on hot dogs will never be what the ceiling is on a chicken wing or the ceiling on other things. Yeah. There isn't that level of depth to a hot dog. I think one of the things that... And it's fine. This doesn't have to be your taste. But you got a chili cheese dog. I did. And one of the things I think that, you know, makes Ted's quote-unquote famous is their their hot sauce, which is a ketchup, like a spicy ketchup relish condiment. And you did not get that. I did not. And if you get that, and that moves the needle for you because you think that sauce is good, it takes Ted's to a new level. But... You know, though that particular mixture didn't sound appetizing to you, we weren't going to force it on you, so you forego it. I felt like a chili cheese dog is a reasonable bar by which to judge a place that is allegedly famous for their hot dogs. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. So, and, and chili cheese dogs are not uncommon. That is right. a very common order. So that's totally... It was on the Hall of Flame. <laughs> the Hall of Flame list in front of me. Yeah. It was one of the Hall of Flame items for them, so I felt comfortable. Okay, very good. Number three. Jim steak out and the stinger. Yeah, it's that's probably your uh, your upset pick. That's probably a little higher than maybe some people would expect. I understand 
why there are some people who would look at this and go, holy hell, what is this abomination that you have put in front of me, this, this sacrilegious thing? But I am of the opinion that to let people like things, this is coming from a guy who you know likes ranch on his wings. So of course I have that take because I believe you should let people like things. And if you take a buffalo chicken sub and you put shaved meat on it, good on you, man. I actually think the shaved meat helps bind everything together because it attaches itself both to the condiments, lettuce and tomato and dressing of whatever choice you have. It attaches itself and almost serves as a binder that allows it to not be so slippery. You don't have to worry about a Philly cheesesteak sliding out of the sub, but you do have to worry about when you put like patties or fingers in a sub that you're going to get movement and you're going to get a bite. It's going to be all bread, right? Or it's going to be movement, but the the actual presence of that shaved meat actually forms a binder to keep everything in place in addition to adding additional texture. An an underrated characteristic of all of Jim's sandwiches to me is the bread. Now, I know you had a critique of the bread on the actual cheesesteak item on their menu. Yes. But for me, that bread was fresh, soft, chewy it that was a that was the kind of bread that I'm into you just you compared it to Jimmy John's French bread and I'm 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 there for that I love Jimmy John's French bread I do think this was tantamount to it and it was a little softer um, but I, I I'm a big I was very pleased with the, the way the gym steak out that we went to because there's multiple locations could have had a good experience could have had a bad experience whatever uh, glad we had a good one and so that leaves the top two remainders so we're going to know number one by how you describe number two. Number, well, we've got beef on whack from Charlie the Butcher or wings from Barville Tavern. Go ahead and give go. us number two. And the runner-up is... <laughs> wings from Barville. Whoa, okay, wings from Barville is the runner-up. The wings were great. They were great. The idea that you can, you can kind of paint on the sauce instead of drenching it in there means you get crispy wings, which I like. But the sauce was so present. Yes. It was so, so present. Absolutely, it was. But it wasn't present to the point where the longer I let the wings sit, the worse it gets so rapidly. Right. And that is the case with so many other wings. Right. You almost don't want to take them home because your fear is that when you get them from a place and you bring them home, by the time you get them home... it, you know, you get decaying. It's like the, the skin is a totally different consistency. Absolutely, it's almost like it's almost like you know, what's the term I'm looking for? In evolutionary theory, there's a uh, carbon decay, right? It's a half life to uh, a wing exterior, and you run into problems like that with a lot of wings, and you don't run into that with barbell. I like texture in my food. You probably noticed that from the way I describe a lot of other things. I appreciate varieties and texture. That was part of my chicken salad take at at, at Greek to me when we were talking about that with Aaron Quinn. Texture is a big deal to me. The fact that I can get crispy wings and still also have them saucy and not get these, you know, pathetic excuse for these tiny fatty wings that you get other places is special. In addition, I did not make the mistake of getting hot and oh. then the following day getting a garbage plate. Oh, dear God. I got medium, 
and they, 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 you know, they had they had a pretty good pretty good punch. The hot again. I have said this. I've said it on the other pod. I talked to Aaron about it. You just never know what hot means from one establishment to another until you've been there and you've tried it. And I flew too close to the sun. Just tattooed Icarus all over my stomach because that was a mistake that I have now experienced three times and I fear a fourth. And obviously the winner. The winner's Beef on Weck. Beef on Weck was the best thing I had this weekend. And Uh, you didn't even have it. There are competitors for the best beef on Weck that Charlie the Butcher is not a unanimous choice. Well, I have a hard time imagining that there's beef on Weck out there that's better than what I had. But I'm in no place to judge it at this point because, of course, I haven't had the rest of them. Yeah. Beef on Weck, to me, was a thing that I've had in Buffalo that I've never had anywhere else before. And as Tim Graham said, I don't understand why this isn't a thing anywhere else. Yeah. And that the saltiness of that roll and the fact that it's so dense that you can dip the roll in the au jus and have it not be a scenario like the Chicago beef sandwiches where they dunk it and it comes out and you have to eat it with a fork now because the bread has just given way. That is not the case anymore. Yeah, it's awesome. So you add the density with the flavor. You get the salt. You got the caraway. You get the freshly cut beef. It's not fatty. It's not, it's, I'm not, I'm not picking it out of my gums later because I'm getting this, this ugly fat chew that I don't really like. It was brilliant. And the longer it sat, it didn't lose anything. We were there with Tim Graham for 90 minutes and it did not lose a thing from the moment I picked it up until the moment it was gone. Beef on Weck is a clear number one, maybe an upset choice to some. Not to me. Yeah. It is awesome, and I'm excited to go back to some of the other places that claim the best beef on Weck, like Schwabbles, like Barbill. We didn't get them at Barbill, but that's a place where they also claim to have the best beef on Weck. So, well, we hope that everybody has enjoyed this food tour where Nick and Nolan take Buffalo. It's something very different. Obviously, it's the dog days of summer. We were running out of some football things, and... Uh, don't want to burn up all the capital that we have. If you want to go back and see all of the tweets, or most of the tweets, there might have been a couple that we forgot, but the tweets and the food pictures and everything from our visits, search on Twitter, hashtag Nick and A-N-D, Nolan, take Buffalo. And almost all of the conversations we had with our guests, with the photos of where we were and whatnot, you can see what we saw at least in a lot of the places. We didn't we didn't think ahead enough to take photos of everywhere, depending on the circumstances and whatnot. But if you want to follow along with our journey on Twitter, check us out on Twitter, hashtag Nick and Nolan Take Buffalo. Again, this is Nick Bat. You can find me on Twitter at N-I-C-K-B-A-T. And this is Bruce Nolan signing off. You can find me on Twitter at Bruce Exclusive. Thanks so much for following along with us, guys. If you liked this overnight trip to go meet the extended family, if this was something that you were into, if you found us entertaining, if you liked the football talk, if you liked the food talk, if you're just in general glad that Nick and Nolan are putting out podcasts and that we're on the Buffalo Rumblings channel, please, 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 
consider going over to the iTunes store. Give us a couple sentence review. Give us a five star, a four star review. Tell us what you think. We will. We take the criticism. We take the feedback. We want to get better, and we want to know what you want from us. Give us your thoughts. And until next time, I do the cha cha like a sissy girl. I like a do the cha cha.